welcome into another great edition of Sports Club. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. There are some things to talk about. Um, we're going to get into uh, just the bigger ones for now. Probably a short show, who knows. But I wanted to come on and talk with you guys. Once again, welcome to Sports Club. Uh, there's some NFL... Uh, I'm going to start off with some UFC here in a minute because UFC 249 is coming up. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 12 matches on that card. Which is going to be a fight night, May 13th. It's going to be one May 16th. And uh, we will, uh, we will, uh, let's see, what were those dates again? May the 13th. Get the calendar here. Um, you know what? We're going to talk about both of those. Now, the May 16th, we will talk about after that. But the fact that I'm looking at that May 13th may happen before we... No, you know what? We'll talk about that next week. We'll uh, we'll do an early show. But welcome in, as always. Uh, just as, as fun, as chaotic as it can be. All right, so we're going to talk about some different stuff. The schedule release for the NFL is uh, later on tonight from when we are recording this. So um, I already know a couple of matchups that were leaked earlier today, and, and I'll get into that uh, here shortly. But let's start off. Let's talk about the UFC 249, which happens this Saturday and May the 9th. I believe it's in Jacksonville. Make a lot of sense because Florida is kind of open for business as far as a lot of these events. Uh, three different wrestling organizations that we talk about on our show. Strong Style, which uh, will be coming up mm, probably sometime this weekend. Three of them are going strong there. But uh, let's talk about these, all right? Let's talk about these. Uh, there's the main event. There's a title fight. Let's go all the way. This is, um, it doesn't say on the uh, the uh, particular app I'm looking at if it is prelim or not, but I know what the main events are, so we're going to uh, start with, uh, we're going to start with the ones at the bottom. At the bottom, we have got Ryan Spann, who is 17-5-0. He is the heavy favorite versus Sam Alvey. This is a light heavyweight battle, 33-13-0 and and for Sam Alvey. I said a uh, heavy favorite onto Ryan Spann. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said, I am just recently getting back into UFC, so I am uh, not as familiar with a lot of the people. I know some of them, some of the big fights I will know a little more. But um, I will uh, I will tell you guys who I go for here. Let's see, we got Spann versus Alvey. Um, man, Span is just such a big favorite. Give me Albie. Give me Albie. Why not? In a featherweight battle, we got Bryce Mitchell, who is the slight favorite at 12-1-0, versus Charles Rosa, who is 12-3-0. Seems pretty even to me. 
Give me Rosa. Uh, that's all been American versus American fight in the third match. I'm going to try to get some of these names right because I can already tell. Uh, the Brazilian, Vincent Luque. Luke? I'm going to go with Luke. Vincent Luke is a slight favorite at 17, 7, and 1 over the American Nico Price, who is 14, 3, and 0. Give me the Brazilian. And these are all based off ESPN numbers. I will go ahead and give them credit for that. They are based off ESPN numbers, so that's their, the, the odds they are basing it on. Uh, in the next one, in the next bout, you got the Jamaican Uriah Hall, slight underdog at 16-9-0 to uh, Jacquer Souza out of Brazil, who is 26-8-0. Um... Give me the Jamaican. Give me Hall on that one. Give me Hall on that one. You should take him as well. Um, I believe this is the only women women's match of the card when I when I looked at it earlier, unless one snuck in there. But you've got uh, the slight favorite. This is uh, two Americans. The slight favorite, Carla Esparza, with 16-6-0. Versus Michelle Watterson, who is 17-7-0. Man, I have seen both of them fight. Both these girls can go. Um, Give me the favorite. Give me Esparza in this one. And uh, let me just hope that I don't follow them both on Instagram, which I probably do. Uh, next, that was for the women's strawweight division. Got a heavyweight division match coming up between the guys. You have the Russian, Alexei Olenek, at 58-13-1. My goodness, that means he has had 72 official fights. Wow. And he is against uh, Fabricio Verdum from Brazil. Who is actually the favorite at 23-8-1? I've seen Olenek fight probably a half a dozen times, which uh, is is no disrespect to him here, but uh, I, I think there's a reason why the uh, the younger, technically less experienced fighter in Fabricio is favored in this one. Give me Verdum in that one. Now. Two guys that I, I definitely have seen fight a lot, a double American battle, as Anthony Pettis is going to go toe-to-toe in a welterweight battle. He is a slight favorite at 22-10-0. Cowboy Donald Cerrone, or Cerrone, however you want to say it. Um, he is wanting to make up for the Conor McGregor debacle, uh, where Conor decided to use basically his clavicle to smash the nose of Cowboy and it, unorthodox. It's completely legal. And um, that was interesting. I give Connor credit for being outside the box, and I give Cowboy credit for standing in there and doing what he could. But um, Pettis can really fight. Cerrone, 36-14-0. Give me Cowboy. 
not their redemption story. Give me Cowboy because he can fight. Pettis can too, but I'm, I'm taking Cowboy. Um, anyone that that I I can't lie. I'm a, okay. Those were the prelims. Cool. Those are all the prelims. I actually see how it's noted on here. They change the app all the dang time. Uh, these are all the ones that are going to be on. Um, all the prelims are on ESPN and ESPN Plus. It looks like. Uh, then as far as the pay-per-view, we'll start off with uh, Jorgen DeCastro, who is 6-0-0, and who could he possibly be facing? Well, football fans, you're going to know this name, Greg Hardy. Yep, that Greg Hardy, who apparently is a pretty good fighter. He is 5-2-0. Um, they really think Greg Hardy can can kind of do some things. So, um. Can't lie, I'm not a fan of, of Greg Hardy, the person. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm not. I try to distance myself from you know things that are on. Things that are on. TV, what you do in your profession, what you do in your personal life. Um, yeah, even though Greg Hardy's the favorite, give me Jorgen DeCastro. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I uh, wish Hardy all the best. Just, um, yeah, stuff I know is keeping me from, from uh, picking him. So that is what it is. Um, in the next one, this is a, that's a heavyweight battle, by the way. This is a featherweight where the very experienced Jeremy Stevens. Is at 28, 17, and 0. Is a slight underdog to Calvin Qatar. Maybe it's Catter. Looks like Qatar to me. They're both American. Uh, at 24 and 0. Um, give me Jeremy Stevens. I've seen Jeremy Stevens fight. Um, good luck to Calvin. You know, just because I haven't seen him fight, don't mean they're not good. It's just uh, I like to go with familiar things when I'm making picks. Uh, in the next one, it is a heavyweight battle. Francis Naganu is the slight favorite at 14-3-0 versus uh, Yerzino Rosenstruck. Man, I hope I'm doing that right. At 10-0-0, it's kind of crazy that you can win 10 battles and you're not uh, the favorite. But uh, just tells you how good Naganu is. And uh, actually, you give me the favorite in that one. Give me Naganu. Uh, we are getting close. We're, we're, these are Here's the sub-main event, and then the one after that will be the actual main event. The sub-main is for the Bantamweight 
heavyweight title, your champion, Henry Sahedu. Hope I'm saying that right. He's going to take on Dominic Cruz. Uh, looks like the champ is the slight favorite at 15-2-0. Dominic Cruz is 22-2-0. I've seen Henry fight. I like Henry. Um, I just, for some reason, think Dominic Cruz is going to win this. And uh, he's going to be the new Bantamweight champion. We're just going to set up a great... It's going to set up a, a great rematch in about two or three months. But uh, I'm taking Dominic Cruz in that one. And then the net, the other title fight in the lightweight division is the main event. Make sure I make note of that. That is the main. Tony Ferguson. Going to see this fight. Is the slight favorite at 26-3-0 versus the 21-2-0 Justin Gaethy. I'm sure Gaethy is a, a uh, well-tuned fighter, and, and this will show how much I just know about it, probably from you guys who know a lot more than me, and listen to me ramble about it. Um, I'm taking Tony Ferguson. I'm taking Tony Ferguson in this one. I just uh, I, I feel real good about this fight, not seeing Justin. Can't win. Who knows? It's UFC. We're one good knockdown, one good submission away from a winner in any direction. But... That's what I'm going with. Those are my picks. I'm going to go right through them again real quickly. I'm taking Alvi over Span. I'm taking Rosa over Mitchell. I'm taking a Luke or Luke over Price. I'm taking Hall over Souza. Esparza over Watterson. Olnick versus, or no, I'm taking Verdum over Olnick. Olnick. I am taking uh, Cowboy Cerrone or Cerrone. Over Pettis. That's going to be a really good one. Man, I wish that was on the main card. Uh, I'm taking DeCastro over Greg Hardy. I'm taking Stevens over Catter. I'm taking Nagano over Rosenstruck. I am taking Dominic Cruz to win the Bantamweight. And I am taking over uh, Henry Seidu. And I am taking Tony Ferguson over Justin Gaethy in the um, lightweight title fight. In the main event, um, but that is going to be a just a spectacular. That's a spectacular card. Uh, it's the one Dana's been trying to put together for a while, so um, just just fantastic. Uh, just now, I'm just going to finish up with some football things uh, real quickly. I'm going to say uh, an MLS thing. Um, A lot of people are trying to come up with contingency plans. I believe the English Premier League has said they're going to play their remaining 92 games. Um, I think um, the Bundesliga is going to return like the 16th. Do I have that right? Does somebody have that? Yep, five sixteen the Bundesliga, which is um, uh, one of the European leagues, one of the bigger ones. So uh, 
a lot of these leagues are are uh, trying to figure out these plans. Well, what the MLS is doing right now is they have open training grounds so that players can practice. They are very spaced out. They can do individual workouts. There's no team-related activity outside of everybody doing their own individual stuff right now. But, yeah, I have friends at Cover United uh, full-on. They are uh, they are at the practice grounds, and they, they're reporting, hey, the players are here. They're all working on things individually. They are uh, a lot of these leagues are looking like the NFL is saying uh, there's there needs to be basically a uh, virus kind of task force in a way. But your own health group that is all about just like virus control, those kinds of things. Uh, I compared the way they're going to probably handle it to. Uh, a swarm of bees. Uh, there's a swarm of bees. When the first person gets stung, you try to get that person to safety just as soon as possible, and then everybody else needs to scatter out. If somebody comes down with a virus on one of these teams, you clear everybody else out. You keep those people um, uh, as healthy and, and everything as you can and, and uh, go from there. And that's just what they're going to have to do at this point. Um, we're, we're in uncharted territory. We, you know, None of us were around for the Spanish flu, so we don't know if it stopped the jousting tournament, you know? We don't know those kinds of things, so. But, MLS, they're, they're one of the first to step up. Uh, it's something Dana White has said. Dana White has said, uh, somebody's got to be first. Somebody's got to be the first one up. To, to kind of come out of hiding and start things up. It's looking like UFC is going to be it. Um, but the NBA and the NHL are still trying to determine if they can finish seasons and do things the right way. But, you know, contingency plans. We'll, we'll see how everything goes. Uh, I mentioned earlier the schedule release is, is later tonight. Um, we already know a few things. Uh, we know that the Chiefs are going to be the opening game as the defending champions. The Chiefs and uh, Texans, I believe, are the opening game. Um, and then in week three, we're going to see, I believe, Chiefs-Ravens, which is going to be really, really good. Um, here's the weird thing. The NFL said, hey, we're doing this special show, this big reveal, um, tonight at 8 o'clock. Okay. People, will uh, start to put that on their calendars. And, uh, then they come out and said, uh, yeah, we're releasing it all at 8. Individual teams can release their schedules starting at 7.30. What? Why wouldn't you tell, why wouldn't you do the opposite? Why wouldn't you say, we're going to... Reveal the schedules at 8. Teams can start talking about them at 8.30. Because now, why tune into your reveal show when all I have to do is 30 minutes earlier look up any team I want? I don't think you guys quite thought that one out. Uh, there, I did hear that potentially in week one we could get Brady versus so that Brady versus Brady, that's what that little chime means. That's an excitement. We will uh, we'll see 
how things go from there. Uh, that was scheduled release. You know, it's the, the NFL trying to stay as close to on schedule as possible. I, th- I think it's they have the potential to do that. They they got real lucky when their season falls, when it ends and, and begins again, and, and they've been able to kind of stay on schedule, alter things just a little bit. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens from here on out. Um, yes, for people who have asked, I do have feelers out as far as a, uh, a college football scenario because I'm about as in the dark as you guys are. Um, yes, I do cover Georgia State and Kennesaw State, and yes, I have uh, been in been talks talking to uh, both of them as far as things they are hearing. Right now, there is nothing, no message I can put across. Does not mean things are not being talked about or put into place. Just means they may not made it far enough down the pecking order to me, where I can tell you guys. But as far as college football, I don't know anything. I, I just I don't. But as soon as I do, trust me. You're going to hear about it on here. Even if I do a special show out of nowhere, maybe a five-minute Facebook Live even. Who knows? Try to do something. Uh, Last few things I want to get into here. Um, The passing of Don Shula. Uh, You know, Shula's Steakhouse and all kinds of things down in in Miami. He he really spread out and spread the wealth and did so many things there. his, his great coaching work in Baltimore and, and, and Miami, he's the winningest coach of all time. I believe Belichick would still have to average 10 wins a year for the next five years to catch him in overall wins, and that's if you include playoffs, which you should. Uh, but Don Shula was so much more than that. Um, everybody speaks so highly of him. Uh, he died at the age of 90. Um just the other day, he passed, and uh, just a real legend. Not just because he won all those games, not just because he had steakhouses and, and uh, resorts and things like that. No, he was always trying to give back to the community and take care of, of the uh, people around him. So, so uh, but the passing of, of uh, Coach Shula... Um, Thoughts, prayers, condolences to his family. And uh, I said, uh, a real legend, a a real great guy, and uh, he's definitely going to be missed. Now, I'm going to finish up with two things that uh, probably have been talked about a good handful of times in the last week, but I haven't got a chance to talk about them. I've talked about them away from this show. But I haven't talked about him here. One of which I actually predicted. Which, uh, yeah, let's start with that one. Andy Dalton signs with the Dallas Cowboys. Told you. Tried to tell you guys this. Everybody kept saying, oh, Andy Dalton needs to go to the Chargers. Andy Dalton needs to go to all the Patriots. Patriots need to pick him up. Oh, uh, Andy Dalton should stay in Cincinnati. It's never going to happen. Oh, he should, uh, he, he should uh, go to Jacksonville. He should, no, no. For one, the Patriots have a plan. It does not involve reaching out to an established quarterback. They have Brian Hoyer, who is the backup option to Jared Stidham. Basically, 
with the draft capital and the cap room that they have, I would look for the Patriots to do this. You have Hoyer as a fail-safe, as a safety net. You start Stidham. You see if this year, if he is the guy that you can hand the keys to. Or you see if he is is uh, a guy to, to at least keep around, maybe to try to develop more. Or if he's a guy you can uh, cut bait with, even. And if he is, somebody you can stick with, and you stick with him. If not, you're going to have the capital, both monetarily and draft-wise, to be able to go get somebody. That's probably their plan. As far as Jacksonville, Jacksonville is trying to get one of those two quarterbacks next year. They are going to pull a Miami because it actually worked. Uh, Cleveland did it pretty good, too. And Miami did a little better. But um, you're not trying to lose, but you're going to cut ties with people that are taking up a lot of cap space, a lot of people. You're trying to get younger. It's also what the Patriots are doing currently right now. They're not trying to lose more games or lose less game, nothing like that. It's the strategy behind this. strategy behind this is to take these veterans that are making a lot of money and get younger, get younger at these situations, at these scenarios. So that's what these teams are doing. That's what Miami did. They took a lot of these veterans that were not in the long-term plan and you see what you can get for them. If you can't get anything for them, you do your best to cut for them, cut them and just, you know, Wash your hands, move on. Randy Dalton was not going there because he would be the very thing they are trying to shed. Andy Dalton went to Dallas because, A, now this puts a little bit of pressure on Dak to not only sign his tender, but Dalton, is he a super threat to take over? No. Is he a solid backup option to where if something happens to Dak, yeah, the wheels aren't going to fall off? Absolutely. The ship's not going to sink with him with him in charge. But this puts pressure on Dak to keep up the intensity and the level and to continue to progress. And also, here's a veteran who has been in the league for many years, who has started in the league, who has made it to playoff games, who who is a leader. It's only going to make this Dallas team better. I Honestly, they, they've lost a couple key pieces. I, I would be interested to see exactly how things are going to go. But um, Dallas, with a, with a new regime and, and trying to uh, cycle through some people, I would almost say that uh, probably looking right around 8-8 eight and eight again. I hope they're a little better than that. But at the absolute current moment right now, I would say Dallas is an 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Dalton signed a one-year deal. If he if he does a pretty good backup, maybe gets a chance to play some snaps here and there, he may be starting in the league or he may be a, a good backup from here on out. He's a high-end backup. But I told you he was going there. I told you if he didn't go there, he should go to Atlanta. Um, I think Atlanta likes Ben Kirk a pretty good bit. So um, I look for him to potentially beat out Matt Schaub and be the backup behind Matt Ryan, which uh, is, a, is a good thing. And lastly, we all know at this point that Green Bay probably ticked off Aaron Rodgers. What did they do? Well, they drafted Jordan Love. Okay. 
But here is why this is a lose-lose situation for Aaron Rodgers. This is a lose-lose situation. Because now everybody's looking to see what Aaron's going to do. If Aaron takes this team to the Super Bowl, it's going to be, well, then, then this move worked. It put the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. He played out of his mind. He led this team to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's it's uh, it, it, it's all, it, it not all, but it has a lot. It, it's mostly to do with uh, that they drafted this kid behind him, and now he can learn from the No. He takes him to the Super Bowl. He takes him to the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with who was drafted, who wasn't. It's also a lose-lose because if they don't make the Super Bowl, or if they have a bad year, or if anything happens, well, he's feeling the pressure of having Jordan Love behind him, and and uh, uh, his skills are waning, and he's getting too old, and it, just stop it. Just stop it. This is still Aaron Rodgers, the same way it's still Tom Brady. They're old when they look old. Right now, neither one of them look old. Is Tom as crisp as he used to be? Not quite, but he was already at, you know, he was already... 20% better than everybody else on a, on a on a good day. Now he's about even with almost everybody. Aaron Rodgers the same way. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in this league, possibly in the history of the league. He went 13-3 and throwing to one good receiver and a bunch of other people who probably deliver packages on the weekend or during the week. Nobody knows who these people are. He did what Brady did in New England. They say, well, you did that. You went 13-3 and with a bunch of nobodies. You can do it again. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see because uh, the Bears are going to be pushing if they get their defense in order. Um, the Lions had a pretty solid draft. Who am I missing? The Vikings. The Vikings upgraded, and they got better. Green Bay is going to have to be really sharp if they're going to take that division. I think they can, and I think this ultimately, just as Favre said, this is, uh, you got two years now. You got two years before Rodgers is going to split. Um, I heard Colin say, what, earlier, that the three teams he thought Aaron could go to in a couple years would be the Chargers, the 49ers, or... Forgot the other team now, but uh, no, I, I still I stick with the Rams. I still say if he go if he goes anywhere in a couple years, it's going to be the Rams. He is not going to finish as a Green Bay Packer. We know that. But if you look, most of the greats didn't, and a lot of people who weren't great played on multiple teams. So it is what it is. Uh, Aaron's a big boy; he can deal with it. I have no problem with that. He can react however he wants. He deserves that. Uh, he deserved to be treated a little better. A little heads up would have been nice. But it is what it is. Makes Green Bay as appealing as, as Cleveland as far as uh, if they put the pieces together, we'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for us this week. Appreciate everybody tuning in to another great edition of Sports Club. We talked some NFL. We talked some uh, contingency plans. And uh, UFC 249. I am going to consider watching this. Depends on how late it comes on. That's what gets me to UFC. But I am Jeremy the Impact Wolf. We will see you guys next week. Wobble, baby, wobble.
Deuce, deuce. Saving time, I can dance, homie. I don't two step. Y'all looking at something like a true player. 